On Mondays, it might be that you do a fun timetable activity online. Tuesday, it might be, cool. you know, you, you, you cut up little cards or something and you just draw them together. The third day, it might be you want to write it out. But it is just that repetition, even if it is just a few minutes a day. That is what this school system is not going to have the luxury to do. Welcome back to Parenting on Purpose, your podcast for learning how to be the best parent and enjoy the journey. We have an incredible treat today coming to you clear across the world, Miss Nadine Shom, the founder of Reminds, an education and training company that is here to support and help educate parents and teachers to support children with learning difficulties. So Nadine, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Lovely to be here. So I didn't, I didn't intentionally tell people where you were from so you could say something first and people could sure, guess. Sure. So if my accent hasn't given it away, I am uh, across the oceans in Melbourne, Australia. It's about 11 a.m. here. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's where I am. And uh, it, educationally, I think we, we have a lot of similarities uh, in the way that we perceive what our children should be doing in the education sector and and what we define them as thriving to be. So I think we we have that in mind, even though we have just a few miles between us. <laughs> I love that. That was the most politically correct way of saying we try to shove our kids in a box too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah pretty much, pretty much. Uh, look, I'm sure I'm going to get more direct as we go along. Yeah. So, so I'm just warming up. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Um, we've had such amazing guests from all over the world. And what's been so cool in this journey is just like you said perfectly, all parents are on that same, that same pretty much journey of how they can bring out their best and bring out the best in their children. Now, one of the things I'm most excited for our viewers to get to know you about is, and you and I'm gonna position it over to you in a second so you can tell us a little bit of your background and how you got to reminds and what it stands for, but you were just a mom living her life. And then you had a situation where your child was struggling. The school system came to you and said, here's his, or, you know, here are their options. And you said, oh, you know, my kid doesn't have a learning problem. Your school has an education problem. And you took it upon yourself to get so granular and teach yourself human psychology. This is just amazing. So please tell people your background as a corporate trainer, how you got into what you're doing. I think it's yes. so motivating. Yes. Yes. So, in terms of academics, uh, I actually have a Bachelor in Honours in Economics and I always, I wouldn't say I found academics easy, but I was able to crack the code of education very young, very easily. So academically, I, I was very successful. That, that was never an issue for me. So fast forward, um, I decided to pursue economics, stock market, because I was really good at it. Uh, then I met my husband and I actually moved overseas to Singapore and I couldn't get a job. So what I ended up doing was I was ringing all these companies and introducing myself to them. And I was like, my goodness, their customer service is terrible. They don't know how to answer the phone. They don't really have any manners. They really need some really good classes in this and my husband was like well why don't you go and do it and I said well okay so I applied because I couldn't find any jobs with the stock market and economics I applied for a job to work with a training company because I had years of public speaking experience so I'd always been involved in debating and public speaking and there were 400 applicants for this training role and they said well can you give us a 10-minute spiel on what you would train and I told them I got the job, I started writing training programs, I, I got some education myself in qualifications in training, and then I never looked back. I never used the economics degree at all. I just found my calling. And that then, never happens over here in America. We, we always use our degrees exactly yes. the same. <laughs> so before you go yeah. on about Reminds that and, and your story with your children, I didn't know that, but yeah. it, it's so... 
uh, it so comes through in your personality. So being a yeah. trailblazer is, is nothing new to you. You're used yes. to writing the script where people yes. are with it. Okay, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> back, and, back and, to you. yeah, yeah. And so as a trainer, you get a lot of education in neurolinguistic programming and the brain. You, okay. you are told this because, you know, when you're going into a, a bank or a large organisation, you're taking their, pe their people away from their job for one or two days, whatever it is, that costs the company a lot of money. You know, they're paying thousands of dollars for that. So you better have a way that you're going to install that information into long-term memory. So I was very lucky to have a lot of these skills. And then lo and behold, a few years later, I am blessed with a beautiful baby boy who I was told, yeah, he learns a bit differently. And then it was like, okay, now I know why my life has happened this way. This child was meant to come to me. He's chosen me. They said, oh, look, I don't know if he's going to learn to read. I don't know if he's going to learn, you know, all those fear statements. And I said, Thank you for sharing. Now watch me. Oh, I love that. And, yeah, and so all of that information that I had just went into teaching my son everything from the alphabet to arithmetic to everything. And then teachers and neuropsychologists that I were going to and so on said, what on earth are you doing? Whatever it is, you need to share this. And that's how Reminds was born. So that's that in a nutshell is the story. And then we went on to, you know, as I'll, I'll talk about rights, certain courses and so on, but it, it really did come from having to be that hero for your child. And that's the first thing I would say to any parent that has a child with learning difficulties is you will have to be their biggest advocator. And I will say that up front. It will not be the school. It will not be the medical professionals. It, it will have to be you. And, and it is It is a team. It, it is a team effort. But it, it has to be led by those parents. By the parent. I love this it's for a me. lot of reasons. One is that, like, and like, I don't overgeneralize, right? I don't think this is just an American thing. But you didn't take it as, like, a you know, like, okay, we have a problem. It was no, like, this is a great opportunity for us to do something special for this child. Like that, that takes a special human to Dean right there. Um, yeah. That's incredible. I think, I want, I hope I'm not misspeaking. I think it was I, Albert Einstein, who, if not, it was, no, you know what I am speaking. It's Thomas Edison. To, um, when he was getting kicked out of school, his mom said, oh, that's fine. You, you know, you, and then what, like, instead of showing to him, like, hey, you got kicked out of school because you weren't keeping up with your grades, it was like, oh, honey, that school's way too stupid for you. We're going to move you to a place that's more um, intelligent because you're way, way too brilliant for that school. Mm. And so he lived up to those expectations that we, that was set for him. And I think about the amazing, you know, child and now adult that your kids are growing into because you yes. gave them this environment. So that's, that's incredible. I love that. So thank you for, thank you for just being there. That's amazing. So, okay. So you started this program. I think it would be fascinating for parents to understand the lengths to which you went through to understand the, the, the psychology and, and the human brain. Um, because I think you said on the last call so perfectly, like how can people teach if they don't understand the brain, which I exactly. was like, yeah. was like mind boggling yeah. to me. Yes. And then tell us so, a little bit about reminds in your courses. Yeah. Yeah, so Reminds, the, the full name and the logo is Reengineering Minds for Success because what we are really trying to do is when children aren't learning effectively, it has to do with the brain in that there are certain areas that are not working effectively. Once we can determine what that is, then we can help the learning. If we don't determine what that is, then it's like trying to ride a bike uphill with flat tires. We are doing the same now with mental health. So with mental health now, we're doing brain scans because we realize, well, our mental health is our thoughts. If we don't look at the brain, then how can we really assess this? So what I saw was missing was the number one thing that a trainer does is they try to make a complex 
ideas simple. So my first course with Reminds took two and a half years to write. And basically that course, uh, which we have online, which is, um, it, which is about talking about learning difficulties and what they are. So what is ADHD? What is auditory processing disorder? What is dyslexia and so on? We explain these learning difficulties in very, very easy to understand. Comprehensive, but easy to understand. So that if you understand what's not working effectively, then you can be, oh, okay, now I know why this hasn't been working. So when I get teachers attend my programs, they're like, why didn't I learn this when I was a teacher college? Now I know why my latest phonics lessons that I'm doing or, you know, arithmetic or algebra or whatever it be, whether it's primary school or high school, why it's not sticking. You can have the best teaching methodologies there are, but if you don't understand what the root cause of the issue is with the learning difficulty, then it's not going to make the difference that you're wanting it to. And the other thing is, if you've got a child, and we're going to talk about motivation, if they are giving you 100% effort 100% of the time, which is all we can ask them, if they are not seeing any wins, these children are not silly. They're going to wave that white flag and they go, okay, I'm done. I, I mean, that's human nature. That's not learning difficulties. If we're constantly trying the same thing and getting the same result, there's going to come a point where we're all going to go, no, I, I'm done. In so a way, they're a lot more intelligent than adults because – yeah. We've been programmed. Okay, let's just like let's just back up and laugh for a second, right? We are trying to isolate these children for having learning difficulties and beating them into this submissive box built for the industrial revolution mm -hmm. to have these brilliant kids doing low grade clerical work for seven hours a day on their bus, yes. not moving, not interacting with nature, and then when they become adults. They're desensitized to that and they start doing the same thing every day with the same results and they don't even understand the system anymore because we, okay, wow. Oh, yeah. And then we ask them to think creatively and be leaders and yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, what you're doing gives me um, some uh, glimpse of white light for humanity. So please continue. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, we really do need to understand what these learning difficulties are. And to also realise on top of that, that learning difficulties is not an exact science. So I've done a lot of consultations individually with parents as well, and I've put children on various programs that they've followed for literacy, for numeracy, for their diet, for helping with visual processing, auditory processing, recommended various therapies, all of this. And what I can tell you from, you know, literally hundreds and hundreds of, of children is very rarely do I see a child with just one learning difficulty where we can offer one solution. Oh, look, I wish it was that simple. We could say this child has X, do Y, and it'll all be good, you know. It doesn't work that way. So quite often you see children who have auditory processing difficulties who will also have attention issues as well because sure. you've got the same right area of the brain and ear that's affected, that's related. You wow. also often find auditory and visual difficulties happen together. I technically call it the double whammy because... You know, you, you've, you've often got yeah. those occurring together. You've got problems with an unsteady macula in the eye, which causes tracking issues. Wow. You, you really do tend to get a lot of these learning degrees, one or two things that are happening together. So it's really, really important to be able to understand. But at the root cause of it all, because I, I want to give hope to your parents as well, regardless of what their budgets are. So, you know, I've worked with parents who literally can spend thousands on going to pediatricians, they can go to auditory specialists, but, you know, they can go and get the best of the best. Yeah. But also I have a lot of parents I've worked with who they're single mums and they've got three kids with autism and, and that's tough. And the dad's wow. just gone, you know what, I can't do this, I'm, I'm out. And I have I've dealt with a lot of those parents as well and they go, I've got 20 bucks. And I'm like, okay, we're going off to, I don't know if you guys have what's called $2 shops where everything's really cheap. 
We'll go and get some tennis balls. We'll go and get a skipping rope, certain things that you can do, like things like skipping, so good ADHD. Okay. It balances the alpha and beta brain waves. So jumping on the spot, things like this. So really, really simple things that, you know, for parents to realize regardless of what their income level is, there is things that can be done. And also, you know, whether you are a parent who's fortunate enough to work at home or fortunate enough to be able to spend a lot of time with your kids or if it's like, you know what, money's tight. We're both working 50 hours a week. We really are, t- are time poor. I'm like, okay, can you give me 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes at night? Yeah, I can do that. It's like, okay, we can make a real difference here. So to really give some encouragement that gains can be made and that time constraints or income restraints, it, it, it's not the end of the world. It, it, it's really not. There are, there's a lot that can be done. I so appreciate um, you offering that. that for several reasons, because one, it's like, it's sometimes you're in a very difficult situation and all you can see is the walls closing in and, and it's really easy to see like what's not working instead of mm. focusing on the, on the beauty. And then I love that you mentioned, like, it seems like the curriculum or the things that you subscribe involves the parents and the, and the kids doing something together. And Absolutely. I think that's several things that, that helps the child feel seen. Like you said, they're mm. not, they're not dummies. They understand that yeah. they're being um, ostracized for not mm-hmm. having this. And, and that can really do something to their self-confidence. Yeah. So yeah. to like see them where they're at and, and go through something with them, I'm sure it also does a lot for the parent in terms of empathy, in terms of self-love, in terms of not, um, I mean, I can't even imagine, but like thinking of yourself in one way, there's got to be so much that goes along. Can I ask two technical, just like scientific questions? Absolutely. I don't want to derail us too much, but I'm, I'm just curious about this. Mm. So number one is like, the things that we, I just feel like we do a really good job of like, of like classifying things and putting people in boxes all over the yeah. country. So like things yeah. like ADHD, things like autism, like different, different things. Like for people who don't know the physical, what's physically happening in areas of the brain, um, can you describe that just briefly? Like when people have certain conditions that we label these boxes, what does it actually mean? Did the areas of the brain just not have as much time to develop as others? Or is it just mm-hmm. simply people are different and so they have different capacities in different areas and we, like it's totally crap that we're just making yeah. them. Okay. So a, a few things with that. So, for example, most children start really, really formal education around the age of five or six. Okay. At the age of five, a little boy's brain, now, now this is taking learning difficulties out of it, is almost one year more advanced than that of, sorry, uh, behind than that of a girl. So girls are nearly one year more advanced in their brain development. Now, of course, that will even up, but that does not even up until the age of 10. That's huge. That's just humongous in itself. And it's really interesting when we look at Europe and we look at South Africa, their children do not start really formal education until the age of seven. Wow. Yeah. It's really interesting. And, and their brains are so much more developed and ready to absorb this type of information. They have, they're, they're more developed to be able to concentrate for longer periods of time. So it's very, very interesting because it's not like, you know, you, you would go when these kids are teenagers and think, wow, they're so far behind, you know, children in Australia or the States, not at all, because their brains are a lot more mature and able to bring in this information. This is another kind of frightening statistic. In Australia, and I think it would be very similar in, in the States, we had so much more access to information through the internet and so on that children are being bombarded with so much more information and there's an expectation that these children can learn more in a lesser amount of time. In Australia, the curriculum has skipped almost two years forward in the last 40 years. Interesting. 
really, really interesting. Yeah, yeah. They, they've skipped forward in the sense of that belief that, oh, well, you know, these kids are so much more intelligent. Um, no, <laughs> the, 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 the brain evidence doesn't show that. The brain development is different. And we're not even going to open this can of worms, but with the influence of technology, our brains are not different in all positive ways either for the yep. outdated way in which we still often teach our classes. Makes so sense. there's a huge kind of mismatch here. Um, to give you an idea, though, of some of the neurobiological things that, that we do talk about, just, just to give you a, a little bit of a, a taste in our program. Please, so, yeah, that'd be amazing. Let's take ADHD, for example. So ADHD is not an inability to pay attention, not at all. It's an inability to pay attention to only one thing at a time. So if, for example, in a typical classroom, you have a teacher who is instructing a class, that student will be trying their absolute best to pay attention to that particular student, but the, uh, to that teacher. But they'll also be paying attention to the bird that is tweeting outside the window to the song that's being sung in the classroom next door, to the shiny bracelet that the teacher is wearing, they cannot prioritise one form of sensory stimuli more than another. That's the issue. Now we think, oh, gee, that's tough. But think of this. I mentioned before that I used to live in Singapore. So I used to teach English and report writing skills to fighter pilots. Wow. Now, all those fighter pilots had ADHD. I of knew course. because they couldn't sit still to save their life and I would have to give them so many breaks. But the reason they were successful fighter pilots was because, because they, they had ADHD. Because if you are in a war situation, you need to be able to pay attention to every single thing that is around you or it could be the end of you. If so, you just went and read through the like without saying the ADHD label and you just read each thing, you would think like I literally think if you had a different like cadence to your voice, people would be like, "Oh, that's a new tropic that I can buy online to help me be a superhuman." Like it almost sounds like it gives people uh, a leg up and additional abilities. Yet when you know the reform of education when it was originally started, that was not an ideal employee that mm. did not fit into this box. So we didn't know how to deal with it. Like this yeah. is so fascinating. To yeah, me. yeah. And here's the coolest part because yes, we have Adel um, you know, Ritalin, Adderall, and I'm not going to open the drug can of worms here. I am not completely against medication. However, to me personally, I think it should be used after other methods have been tried or in situations where the psychological effects that that child is experiencing from having learning difficulties has gotten to a stage where they are endangering themselves or others. So there's yeah. absolutely a place okay. for medication. But homeopathic first. Correct. So with, with that being said, from a neurological viewpoint, we have an imbalance of two types of brain waves when we have ADHD. So we've got theta brain waves and beta brain waves. Now, theta is what we have when we're chilling and relaxing. So something okay. like watching TV after a long day, you put on Netflix, you've got your theta. Now, right now, what we're using is our beta brain waves. We're engaged, we're concentrating. So when it comes to ADHD, we often find that the theta brain waves are in excess and the beta is too little. Okay. But the human body is an amazing thing. So let's imagine, for example, that when we're doing this podcast tonight, Caitlin, Let's say that you have to go out and you have to drive and pick something up and run an errand. Now, it might be about 10 o'clock at night and you're thinking, you know what, those theta brain waves are starting to pick up. I want to just chill and relax. It's time to get home. I've had a long day. And you're like, you know what, I'm on the road. I need to pay attention. Now, the human body is a beautiful thing. Chances are you'll do one of two things. You might turn some music on. 
because music raises dopamine in the body because uh, children who have ADHD, they tend to have lower levels of dopamine. So music increases dopamine. That's why you often see a lot of um, people with ADD tend to be in the arts. They, they love music. It's great for their bodies. So that's the first thing. And the other thing you will often do is you will adjust yourself in your seat. You'll have a little bit of a fidget and you'll move because moving wakes up the brain. And yep. so that's why students with ADHD fidget. Yep. That's why they want to move. That's why Michael Phelps is a swimmer with ADHD. He just had to move. And that is what these children need to do. So when you see them, you know, with their leg or you see them with their fidget spinners and so on, it is trying to balance that theta, beta. And so something that I say to parents, if you want to sit down with your child who has ADD or ADHD for maybe 10, 15 minutes to do a bit of reading, a bit of timetables or whatever it may be, have them skip rope or have them jump on a trampoline. Things like that help that theta beta brainwave, just that little bit of movement. I'm so fidget. Like, I'm honestly fidgeting with this thing my kid brought home. So, I, I mean. Yeah, it, it, I think, it really does help. It's, it's that balancing of theta beta. And it keeps you focused, at least for me, right? Like, it keeps me focused. It keeps my body, like, engaged. So, I'm mm. in, like, peak performance, right? Yeah. Um, that is fascinating. I didn't know that. Uh, I appreciate that education. You did say one other thing I found incredibly fascinating. You brought up both diet and exercise as mm. ways to help um, see gains. And I would love, so I, I understand the exercise. I think you just spoke on that. I would love yeah. briefly to hear the science behind the diet piece. Okay. So there's a whole area of study on this, and this is what's known as nutrigenomics. So basically linking the brain and diet. And again, if I can give just a couple of, if you take nothing else out of today moments with diet is sugar, sugar, sugar. So what does sugar do? Sugar destroys vitamin B in the brain. Okay. And vitamin B is all of your uh, thinking vitamins. So your B12, your B6s, all of, all of that. Uh, we do find often that a lot of children with autism, for example, benefit from having um, B12 injections, just like for Ooh. older people with Alzheimer's and so on. So your, your B group vitamins are essential for anyone for their learning and their cognitive ability. Yeah. And cool. sugar, unfortunately, does affect B12 and, and other B group vitamins. The other thing... Like even naturally occurring, like fruits? No, uh, naturally so, yeah. occurring is not so bad. It's more your artificial sugars okay. uh, and, you know, your and artificial uh, colours as well. Okay. Uh, red and yellow being the most not, not so great. I've heard people like say that for years, like, you know, mm. yellow number seven, whatever, whatever. And I never really understood the why. So thank you. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So these are stories yeah. of vitamins. You're thinking yes. and doing. Yeah. Yes. And, and the other is fish oil. Fish oil is incredibly, incredibly good uh, for the brain. So to get a really, really good quality fish oil. Now you can get them in tablet form or in liquid form. Uh, either one, whichever, you know, a child is willing to take. Uh, if they want to take it in a liquid, then often just mixing it with orange juice is fine. Uh, yeah, whichever they will take it. But, yeah, fish oil and, and you know, vitamin B would be the two things that I would say really, really recommend. Um, there has of any type of learning or not, just in yes. general, these help In general, in general, in general. Those, those are the ones. And... You know, if you go to the chemist, uh, I don't know if it is the same there in, you know, Walgreens and so on, but generally for us, the best vitamins, because you want the most potent, you, you want them to get through to where you need them to in the body, they're kept behind the counter with prescription drugs. So you don't need a prescription to get them, oh. but you can you can get it there. The other 
uh, place online is iHerb. iHerb has some, you know, really, really good ones as well. But generally when it comes to vitamins, it is the more you pay, the better quality it is. Unlike the prescription medication where sometimes when they say, do you want the generic brand, it is actually the same thing. The same it's thing. It's not like that when it comes to supplements. You get what you pay for. I appreciate that. I mm. also think it's really cute that you guys call them chemists and we call them yes, pharmacists. we do. So much yeah, and, you know, the chemistry and, and so on. So, it makes yeah. a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. That is awesome. Okay, yeah. so before I took us on a tangent, we were talking about um, – within Reminds, what you're focusing on, and then we were going to start getting into like your courses and how you're adding value to parents and teachers by just teaching them about the brain. So um, I don't know if you want to continue to go through there, but mm -hmm. this has been awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if you liked the way that I then spoke about ADHD, it's a very similar approach that we take to all different types of learning difficulties and gives some really, really you know, simple, quick and easy things that you can do that, that could, you know, really make a difference. Um, the other thing that I really wanted to mention uh, is just in general with regards to once a child knows that they have a learning difficulty. So whether you decide to go for a formal diagnosis or not, generally by around the age of eight or nine, a child may begin to really start to compare themselves to their peers and notice if they wow. are falling behind academically. Uh, now, when this happens, really it is a cue if they start talking to you or they start acting out in any way to really, really address this. So if, if you haven't done any type of testing or anything yet, you may want to do some kind of testing or investigate there. Uh, testing is fine, but, but here's the important thing. It is important that when we decide to do testing, it's, hey, we're going to go and do some testing to figure out why when you are reading a book, you're finding you're needing to read the same page five or six times, or it's taking you five minutes to read a page, and you don't feel like you're understanding it, and you're getting headaches, and it's just we want to figure out what's going on. So make it very specific about a problem that you want to address. Not that the child has any kind of deficit whatsoever. It's almost like we want to figure out why there's a stain on the carpet. It, it, to, to keep it very much specific about something that's frustrating. Mm -hmm. So if, for example, you then go and have some visual processing tests, what you're probably going to find is there's one or both of these issues and that there's a problem with convergence with the eyes, which means that a child cannot focus in on a certain word, which is where, for example, you've shown a word a hundred times and the child doesn't have it and you're like, what is going on? So it's because mm -hmm. the brain and the eyes cannot take a photo of that to then bring it to long-term memory and recall. Yes. So it's that, and then the other problem we have is what's called an unsteady macula in the eye. So we hear of a degenerative macula that happens as people get older. An mm -hmm. unsteady macula affects things like when you're tracking across a page to read. So, you know, if your eyes are bouncing around, you know, you're finding it so hard just to decode those words, let alone to try and understand what they're saying. Man. So... If we go to a visual processing specialist and they identify these issues, there's visual processing therapies that can be done that can really strengthen the eyes in, in you know, just a few months that can make a huge difference. Yeah. Amazing. So then to be able to talk to this child and say, hey, guess what? We have found there is this issue and we're going to do something about it. Things are going to get better. That's mm -hmm. what we need to talk about. It doesn't need to be, oh, look, you've got this learning. It's about things are going to get better. We now know what the issue is. So in that way, you also get the child to get excited that things are going exactly. to get better and right. they're more likely they're to take the accountability. Now, that's only part one. Okay. Part two is the teacher now needs to be informed of this. Because what will often happen is 
you know, teachers are at the front of the class, they might have information on a board and a student needs to take down that information while the teacher is also talking and giving additional information. Now you can probably imagine for a student like this, they're taking in nothing. They're, they're yep. not able to copy what's on the board because their eyes are struggling to converge. And because they're working so much on just trying to do that, they only take down half the notes and they have absorbed next to zero of what that teacher has been saying at that time. Yeah. And let's say, for example, if the teacher was giving the instructions of what's about to happen with a task, that student then raises their hand and goes, sorry, I don't understand. And they're like, weren't you listening? So you can see all the issues that goes on here. So to then yes. have a conversation with a teacher and say, look, we've figured out there's an issue with visual processing and just talk about exactly what I said, because then a teacher can say, well, I can maybe take a screenshot of the board and print it out and give it to, you know, little Johnny here so he can just focus on what I'm saying. Brilliant. You've just doubled yeah. his chance of having success in that class. Okay, well, I have a question here. Yeah, um, if, it's, if it's okay, <clears throat> I want to ask about like obviously there's a huge migration to homeschool here in the in the states. I don't know if it's the same where you are. It is um, like, exactly the same here. Yeah, which is really kind of empowering. It, it shows us um, as a human race that we we need reform and we are all yes steering in the same direction. So I think that's really beautiful. So like we had this very similar thing happen with our amazing, incredible daughter, who's not biologically of us. And so mm -hmm. it, it was just, we wanted to love her and help her where she was. So helping her get to this level where now she has one-on-one -on -one attention, she is killing it, killing it because mm -hmm. it's at her speed. She can probe into the things that she's superhuman at. She gets a little more love where she's not, but I can hear, and that's why I wanted to ask you now, and I think you probably know where I'm going with this. I can hear the, the parent who's driving to work right now. Yes, I got you. And saying like, okay, but my kid's in regular school. Like, mm. how do I help them with my, and I don't know how it is there, but in the States, I mean, you're looking at anywhere from like 30 to 45 kids in a classroom. Yeah. 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 So, so that's why we need to give that information because two reasons. Firstly, so that you can then give as simpler additional tasks for that teacher as possible. What we don't want to do, the worst thing we could do in this scenario I've just said is to go into the room and say, hey, Johnny's got visual processing difficulties and leave it at that. Because mm -hmm. what you have done is you have put a ball and chain on that child, lowered yeah. the expectations that that teacher now has of that child, and that child is now in the too hard basket. Oh. We do not want to do any of that. And that's why we need to say there is this, this problem with convergence and tracking of the eyes. It's causing this problem with note taking, and the teacher can simply say, I'm going to print it out for him. It takes 30 seconds of my time that I can do. Amazing. Because that is the reality. It's the same here. 30 to 40 kids in a class. In a class of that size, on average, you're going to have five or six yeah. that are children with learning difficulties. And, and they're all different. They all different. Yeah. And then added to that, we have a curriculum that has way too much in it to start with, period, that there's not enough repetition for those really important things for children with learning difficulties and on and on and on and on. So the reality is for children that are going to be in, in, you know, the regular school system, which is going to still be a lot of them, we need to try and make it as easy as possible to be able to say for teachers and integration aids, yeah, that I can do. That Amazing. I can do. Exactly. Because, you know, as I said, I, I work with a lot of teachers pre-COVID, a lot of them used to come to my courses all day on a Saturday. Now, now they weren't paid to do that. They wanted to do the best they could, Amazing. but it's a really tough gig now for them to Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think that's yeah. amazing. So, so I, and I know you and I were talking about this a bit before, what are some of the aha moments you think a teacher leaves your course with like, oh my gosh, like this just connected so much, like connecting the dots. Uh, I think the biggest aha they get is for them to realize why what they have doing hasn't been working <laughs> because they were missing the brain information. 
that I think is probably one of the biggest things that that they come away with, as well as some tools that are easy for them to adopt to make a difference to those children. As well as, I think, ways that they can engage the parents for them to be a real team in this because it has to be. So, for example, I'll say to the teachers, look, can you negotiate with these parents for 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes at night? Now, of course, if the child is older and you've got, you know, a child that is really wanting to learn, by the time they're, you know, getting near the end of primary school, starting high school, it should be their responsibility, you know, in the morning and at night. And I think one of the, the, the real keys with all of this is to get the kids taking accountability as soon as possible. And that means not putting the label on this. We want to identify the learning difficulties in words rather than the labels. We don't want these labels to become part of their identity. Yeah, man. Because, because what happens then, and, you know, we see this as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, oh, well, look, you know, miss or sir, I can't do this because, you know, I've got auditory yeah. processing disorder. Sorry. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah, you don't We're get to, yeah. yeah. We're not doing that. We, that we, we can modify tasks. We can choose different tasks. But that get out of jail free card, no, that's not happening because that, life doesn't do that for us. Right. And, yeah. and like you deserve to live to your full potential. And there's probably 1,700 things that you're a savant at that the layman person won't even Absolutely. be able to do. But Absolutely. But if you don't believe in yourself, you're never going to discover what those are. Yeah. Yeah. When you were saying that about the teachers having those aha moments, like I can imagine parents feel the same way about, mm. oh, this is why my methods of communication aren't working or the, or the discipline or I think you said it earlier, like they're acting out at a certain age and it's not that they're trying to be ornery or disrespectful mm. it's like they're, they're they're looking for an outlet they need help and they mm. need to be seen. can you mm. delve into some of the things that you say 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes in the evening what are some yeah. of those things so that that like what are some of the exercises that are done or what happens in that time yes sure sure so okay so if you've got let, let's talk about those those early primary grades where the most vital things that we want to look at pro probably actually the priority is reading Okay. okay, even more than mathematics, because in order to do mathematics, you need to be able to read the instructions. Sure. So reading. So things like sight words. Now, a child with learning difficulties for any visual information will generally need at least four times more exposure to that. So if you were trying to, you know, show a child a word like one, O-N-E, Phonetically, you can't do that. You just have to know that's what it says. So for a child with learning degrees, it is going to take them at least four times as long. So that repetition, unfortunately, with that large number of children in the class and a jam-packed curriculum, is just not going to happen. So yeah. I say that's something you can do with the brushing teeth activity. You know, if you have them on little cards or you choose okay. to put it on some free software online on Quizlet or whatever you want to do, with it's like mummy, daddy, grandma, grandpa, whoever it is, I've just brushed my teeth, we need to do our words. And just five of them. That's Amazing. It. That, that, that might be enough. Or if it was arithmetic, you know, with a 10-year-old, okay, we're going to do the seven times tables, you go through it once. You go through it once. And then on Mondays, it might be that you do a fun timetable activity online. Tuesday, it might be, cool. you know, you, you you cut up little cards or something and you just draw them together. The third day, it might be you want to write it out. But it is just that repetition, even if it is just a few minutes a day. That is what this school system is not going to have the luxury to do. Yeah. My mom was actually a teacher and she just retired from like 30 something career, year career. And even in, in areas where, you know, there are no designated anything, it's just the repetition at home always dictated the success of the student because mm. school is not their only exposure. Right. And yes. that could be older siblings sitting with them reading. Doesn't matter what it is, cookbooks, whatever, just to have that exposure young and often. And mm. I think about what that does for your child. Like, 
I can imagine them going through that. And the scenario you just said is you said it in the voice of the child. So mm. the child is the one, the accountability, like you said, a hundred percent of the effort, a hundred percent of that mm. time. And that time is short because we want yes. to enjoy life, but now they're excited to do it. Like fast forward to when this child is in their thirties, fast forward to when you're an adult, there are, there are going to be so many more times in your life when you don't know how to do something and you mm. won't start. Like I know a whole reason we do this channel is so parents can enjoy and be really in their like flow in the best parts of their life while having kids, not having to feel like they have to push it off until their kids are a certain age because they can't do it. It's the same microchasm we're going through now. You can, yeah. you have the tools, bite-sized pieces. I just think that's awesome. And mm -hmm. if you do it with the right heart, your kid doesn't feel like there's a deficiency. So they're not going to act like there's a deficiency. It's just going to be like, that's the beautiful thing about children. They are not broken until we break them. And at, they give us many, many years of chances. So if we structure in the way, yeah. we can really help improve their life. And yeah. that's yeah. So and cool. that structure, like you said before, is about making it about quality time with them as well. So, you know, if you're reading with them, there's nothing that says you can't read a page and they read a page. It, it can be like that. It, it, it's, it's time that you spend with them. Or maybe it's you do that academic work for 10 minutes and then you guys, you know, have a game of Fortnite or whatever it be. It doesn't matter. Whatever will allow that child to have some time with you as well. Because what you're also doing by, as I said, these children are not silly. If they see you investing time in them, what you are telling them is that you believe in them. You believe in their ability. And for children with learning difficulties, nonverbal cues, because most of them have problems with language, it says it all. It wow. says it all. You cannot get one over on them with any negative body language. They will mm -hmm. see it. Then they know. So, They're so smart. They're so perceptive. Yeah. Because they have to be. Yeah. Yeah, well, we are humans are meant to survive. So if you're going to shut off one capacity, better believe the rest are going to become like superhuman in their capability. Yeah, like, absolutely. In a way, it's, it's such a weird self-fulfilling prophecy, but because by putting people in boxes, like we're literally like creating our own issues, but it's also so beautiful to see like the adaptivity, right? Like this. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. I love it. Yeah. Okay, my darling. What? What? Anything else on your heart that you want to share? I mean, this is so fascinating. So I'm open for any of it. Yeah, yeah. I guess that probably in kind of some, something that I think is relevant, and I want to talk. To, we've talked a lot about younger kids. I want right. to go a little bit older. Okay, let, let, let's talk about those kids that are getting near high school. This is why. The, well, firstly, this is why the primary is so important that you establish it there. Because hopefully your neurolinguistic programming has come in by the time they start high school. Okay. But even still, the, the older they get, the more they have their own mind. So motivation is everything. And, and this is what our, our second course is about, is about motivation that we have online. So if you think, for example, of, you know, maybe there was a Christmas or a birthday, there was a toy that you've been begging your parents for, and, you know, let's say it was something like, I don't know, a toy robot and you go to use it, you're so excited, you see it there in the morning on Christmas morning and it won't work because there's no batteries. So that's what motivation is. It, it's like the batteries. Without it, the learning doesn't happen. And it doesn't matter whether you've got a learning diff or you don't have a learning diff. If you're not motivated, you're yeah. not going to learn. Now, let's say, for example, bringing it to modern times, that they opened that gift and it was a brand-new PlayStation 5 or a new iPhone. Learning difficulty, no learning difficulty, that child would learn or teenager would learn how to operate that thing in 10 minutes flat. Yep. <laughs> All about motivation. Motivation, that's awesome. Look at the motivation. The brain is built for learning regardless of what its makeup is. That, that's what it is built for. Neuroplasticity, so need, right? Right. We need to. And so it's really important that when we are teaching kids, we think about motivation first. It's okay. their choice for whether they are going to listen to us or not. 
And yeah. they now have more things they're competing with for their learning and for time. We have TikTok, we have Instagram, we have YouTube, we have all of these other things that are also yeah. teaching our kids. And I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing, but mm -hmm. know that you are competing with these novel ways of information. But some of it is great. I mean, I know I've gone to TikTok to get a recipe to bake, you know, a, 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 a you know, a date, no sugar, you know, bread. So nice. it can be great. It can be great. You can step through things. There are some great things that we have with this type of media as well. Yeah. But to, to know, think about your way that you are delivering things. So if yeah. you can find cool ways to do it, that's great. Now, I'm not saying you always have to use technology. There is excellent reasons neurobiologically for still writing. For example, for still writing timetables, for still writing essays, still writing study notes, because we light up the Broca area of our brain that helps with long-term memory. There's good reason for that. But if you have a child who has dysgraphia and struggles with fine motor skills and really is like this and trying to write and they can't, they might not be taking a lot in. So maybe allow them to use a keyboard or find other ways. So to always think about that motivation. Think about that motivation. Amazing. Or if you want to present a concept, start with something known first and then go into something unknown this applies to anything it, we feel more confident if we start from a place of which we know something so in maths we tend to do this quite well so you know if, if, if we're about to do a certain algebraic concept we might be okay let, let's go over this first and then we'll build on the new build one on step yep. by step but sometimes right. in other things we're you know we tend to go okay we're learning this today Often teachers do it because they've got limited time. But, if, you know, if you have the luxury at home, get that child on board first in terms of motivation, make them feel confident. Do you know how to do this? They remember? Great. Then introduce the new topic, not only for no motivation, but the way that we remember things is by linking something known to something unknown. Exactly. So if you, yourself, you've gone into a room and there's a conversation already happening, it's like, what's going on here you've got no context very very difficult so it's the same thing yeah so to just keep that in mind uh as well and you know i would say that belief just make sure that with these beautiful children that they know that you believe in them let the belief shine through more than the fear I know as parents we want them to survive. I know sometimes we get on that merry-go-round. When we're in a school, we see everyone that fear, my child's not keeping up. They're going to get left behind. What, the, what is their future going to be like? And we, we go on this huge thing of they won't be able to get a job, they won't be able to stop. We all do it. We all do it. Just self-correct, sure. hop off of that train and be about the belief your child has to see that they are not defined by that institution that is one part of who they are one part of what they do there is so much more because at the end of the day it will be their attitude rather than their aptitude that is going to determine their altitude in life yes one more time that was awesome <laughs> So yes, yeah, so it's going to be their aptitude rather than their sorry their attitude their attitude rather than their aptitude that will determine their altitude in life. That's awesome. I've, I've never heard it that way. That's amazing. That's so perfect. Gosh, that was awesome. Um, Nadine, this is amazing stuff. I think what you've done, where you've come from, the fact that you took it upon yourself to learn all the neuroscience and how the brain works and to teach it to other parents and teachers. Like you have made such an incredible difference in the world. I, I know as the daughter of a teacher, cause I can't go anywhere. I was in another country in Italy and someone walked up to me and they recognized my mom and the impact that she had on their life. Yeah. My mom's an angel and, and, and like, likewise to you, but I just want to say thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Like I'm so excited for our, our, 
community to tap into these resources and to learn. Um, could you just wrap us up real quick by explaining uh, where people can find your courses, maybe the preferred method for them to see the most current projects that you're working on? Yes, yes. So we have two programs uh, that are on uh, Udemy. So the best way to find them is to um, look at learning how they learn inside the minds of children with learning difficulties. That's the one that has all the neuroscience for ADHD, oh. auditory processing disorder, dyslexia, and so on. So that's learning how they learn inside the minds of children with learning difficulties. Uh, and you get a certificate at the end. They don't go too long. It goes for about an hour. And then the second one we have is the Triple M Challenges for Children with Learning Difficulties, which is about motivation, memory, and metacognitive thinking. So that is on Udemy as well. That one goes for about 45 minutes. And look, we've tried to make it as economic as possible. So I think at the moment Udemy has them for $15, something like that. We've tried okay. to make it really, really um, you know, economical as well. Uh, so those are the best places to go and, and find more about the type of information that we've been talking about today. Uh, and where the company is going now is we've said that it, it is the belief that somebody has in themselves rather than like the belief in their talent, the belief in their intelligence rather than what the talent or intelligence is themselves that is going to determine the outcome. So it is the psychological, even more than the neurological, that's going to determine where we go. So yes. where we are going next with Reminds is we're going to start looking at the psychological. Uh, the psychological challenges have always been there for children with learning difficulties and not with learning difficulties. However, since COVID, it has skyrocketed. So anxiety and depression with children... And I've looked at the stats in the States. I've looked at the stats here. It, it, it's, it's a problem. It's a real problem. So that's where we are turning to now. Uh, and we're designing courses around that. But we're going a little bit different in that this time, when it comes to psychological, it really is about getting through to the kids. So before yeah. we've been getting through to the parents, the teachers, now we really need to get through to the children because they're the ones that need to change that thought process, that they need to change that channel. So the way to get through to them is probably not quite like this. So we're going to do it through entertainment. We're going to do it through shows, through music, singing, dancing. Uh, and, look, it will probably have some kind of academics behind it. Well, it will in terms of the way that we design the shows, with, you know, cognitive behavioural therapy and so on. But there might be, depending on the delivery, if it is through schools and so on, then, yes, there will be activities, fun sheets, we'll call them, not worksheets, that go with that. But it will be in an entertaining, non-confrontational viewpoint and very relatable for children. So that that's what's in the works next. Oh. Oh my gosh, I love that. I mean, it goes into what you just said with the motivation, right? Because it'll be fun. It's something exactly. you can tap into. Yeah. And it just seems like you're on the, the leading edge, right? Like, I know that mental health has become the biggest, like, the biggest thing in the past few years, and it will continue in the future. But I think mental health is just the, is just the tip of that iceberg. Yeah. The whole psychology yeah. component. Like, not to get too out there, because I, I do like me a tangent. But this reminds me so much of, it, it's like Newtonian physics versus quantum physics, like mm -hmm. for the super like, you know, microwave digestible version here, Newtonian physics is like cause and effect, whereas quantum physics is, and I don't know, you know this, but just in general, like quantum physics is your perception of the thing changes the reality of it with like the, the yes. split, the split, whatever, atom testing or whatever. So yes. you, what you just, what you just said is that. And learning disabilities yeah. and, and not even difficulties is anything, even just normal human function. The yeah. belief in whatever it is that you're trying to do is going to more greatly affect the outcome than any predisposition that you have. Or to quote someone 2,000 years old, Aristotle, you know, nature versus nurture, right? Yeah. So, that's amazing. 
This is so cool. Um, I will get your courses and I'm going to put them, like I'm going to put the links to them down below. I'm absolutely yes. going to take the course and I want my daughter to do the one on motivation. I think that's going to be so fun. So please yeah. um, shoot me a note when that's ready and we'll make sure we, we, we you know, put it out there for everybody. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Well, and look, the are... last thing I wanted to say is I wanted to say to all of your parents, please be kind to yourself as well. This is not an easy gig. Please don't look for perfection from yourself either because, you know, we all slip up. It, it is stressful, but to just know that these children are a blessing and, and they will teach you more than you could ever imagine. You know, with, with that time that, you know, is spent with them, they are amazing and, you know, my one being 21 now, <laughs> I can just say that there there is light at the end of the tunnel uh, and that just be on that journey and that is just a part of who they are. And it's a part that has benefits that you will see in time to come with their resilience uh, and their attitude to life and they just go out and get it. They're born with that. They can't be any other way, and it will be a benefit in the long run, I promise you. I appreciate that perspective, right, because I know when you're in the throes of anything, it can be so yeah. hard to see, you know, the forest through the trees or whatever that analogy mm -hmm. is. Watch it. Yeah. But that was beautiful. What you're doing is amazing. I so appreciate your time today. Um, we're definitely going to have you back on when the new course comes out, so please let us know. Parents, yeah. we love you. We love you so much for being here. This is such a better, fun journey for us, and we're just enjoying growing with you. You know, if there's anything you want to learn, um, hit me up. That's what we're here for. I'm starting to get people telling me things that they want us to know. And I'm going out and finding people like Nadine are on the leading edge who could jump on and give us some insight. So we are here for you. Please let us know. Do me a favor and hit that like button. Let YouTube know to get this out to more parents like us. Um, until next time, stay beautiful, stay inspired. Bye, guys. See you guys Thank soon. You.